Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are Hey, if you're here today, I believe that, um, I do not believe in coincidences. I believe that God wants to share a word and sometimes it's for that one person. Uh, I love it when, when a Sunday ends or anything that we share God's word ends and someone says, oh my goodness, exactly what was said or exactly what I was praying, it was answered. And I just love moments like that because it's a reminder to that individual and to us that God is speaking personally into our lives. And, and I believe that if we open up our hearts, the Lord has something that he wants to share with us. Sometimes it's a whole message of 30, 40, 50 minutes. Sometimes it's a statement um, but it's something that God wants to share with you. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. If you're taking it on your digital devices there, or if you're taking it on a, on a pad there with your pen, write this down. And I want to introduce you to something today, introduce you to someone today. Today's message is titled, Meet Christmas. Meet Christmas. And um, I think when it comes to Christmas, you could never get tired of preaching about Jesus, obviously. And there are so many different avenues and so many different ways that you could come and speak about Christ during this season. Um, but this Monday I was driving and I was listening to a preacher and I shared this in our 930 huddle. And the preacher <clears throat> began to open up his sermon. And he said something that I thought as I heard it, I said, this is very, uh, a very interesting way to open up a sermon. Because for the person that is maybe a guest there or someone that does not know Christ, they could hear a word like that and say, whoa, that was pretty intense. But I love that he didn't beat around the bush and he went straight, straight to the target and he said what he said. And he said, as he began to open up his sermon on Christmas, he said, if we're going to speak of Christmas and if we're going to talk about Christmas, he says, we can't go on about Christmas and not make it about what it's all about. And, he, and I'm like, oh, he's going to say Jesus. <laughs> And he says, Christmas is all about sin. And I'm in my car, and I said, whoa, that was, that was a good opener. That was an intense opener. And, um, but as he started to explain himself, I said, oh, he's, he's, he's dead on. He's right. It is about sin, in a sense. So I want you to meet Christmas for a part of what Christmas is. Um, before we get started with that, I feel like every time that we get to this moment, if you go back to our messages from years past, I think we always say this right around November, December, getting ready to enter the new year, we always say things like, man, the days are going by so quickly. I mean, we could all give, testify of that and say, yeah, 100%, these days are, are moving quick. I mean, we did candlelight, we're not doing it this year, but last year we had a candlelight service did it not feel like candlelight service was like a couple months ago? So we, we always say those things, but in a sense, it's, it's true. Times do go by quickly, and um, they, they fly, and we always say that during this time. But it's something that we must remember when we think about the year that passes us so quickly. We have to understand that it's not a respecter of persons. You know Why? If God wants, tomorrow's coming, and tomorrow is not going to knock on your door and say, hey, can I show up? Tomorrow just shows up. 
and we got to be ready for it. We got to be there. We're present. And, and I love that it's not a respecter of persons. I love things like when we spoke about it months back and we talked about be ready in season and out of season. Why? Because things just keep moving. We must always be prepared. We must always be ready. But we're also reminded of a truth in the book of Ecclesiastes. I mentioned Ecclesiastes today, and I mention it on purpose because I'm going to give you a little teaser here. Starting next year in 2024, we're going to start off the year studying together every Sunday. We're going to study the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to do a book study. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be a a very important series of messages through the book of Ecclesiastes. But I'll tease it a little bit today because Ecclesiastes reminds us that to everything there is a season. I'm sure most of you, many of you, if not we will do it today, have read chapter 3 of this book. And it speaks about seasons in our lives, that there is a time, there is a time for every purpose under heaven. And we may feel like, man, we don't have time for much. And like I said earlier, it's passing quickly. But at some point, we look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and we say, man, this is so true in all of our lives. Let's read it together and let's enjoy the scripture. And we're going to get into this next month in detail throughout the whole book. Here it is. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season. Everyone say everything. For everything there is a season. I love that because outside of God, there is no surprise. God is not surprised, not once. God is not caught off guard, not once. Have you ever been surprised? God hasn't. You've ever been caught off guard? God hasn't. God hasn't. Just uh, Monday morning, early, as soon as the kids left to school, I said, I have to make a run. I couldn't make my kids lunch for school. I didn't have enough ingredients for lunch. So I went to Publix, and I see an old buddy of mine. He was one of my youth leaders. He goes to the way, and I see him at a distance, and I said, I'm going to get him. And I get the cart, and I start running towards him down the hall, down the aisle. And I'm running, and I put my head down so he can't see. And I go right at him, and I break right in front of him. And he's like, oh! And I lift up my head, and he says, man. And, you know, he got scared. We'll leave it there. And I just looked at him, and I smiled. And I said, it's so good to see you. He got snooked up upon. He got caught by surprise. He got, he got caught by the side. God doesn't. For everything There is a season, verse 1, and a time for every matter under heaven. There's a season, there's a time for everything. Let's read through this. Look at verse 2. So what's the season? What's the time? And maybe you have experienced, I'm sure you have, one, some, or maybe all of these. Ready? There's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep And a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, 
and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. You've ever been there? Ever been in one of these, some of these, maybe all of these? There's a time for everything. Under the sun, on this earth, it just keeps on. If God grants us tomorrow, the sun comes, our eyes open, and we get on with it. And then the sun drops, the moon shines, and we go on with our evening. And we try to make the best. But in those days, as we confront them, there's all kinds of things that come. Some of it is Groundhog Day. We repeat some of the same patterns throughout the whole week. And then there are certain things that catch us. And we got to move our schedule around because something surprised us throughout this day. But Ecclesiastes 3 reminds us that, hey, there, there is time and there is purpose under everything that happens in heaven. And we know that here on earth and during this time and especially in this month, it's busy. It's hectic. Just yesterday, we were at the mall. It started off well. By the time we left, it was bumper to bumper in the mall. I mean, we were rubbing shoulders. I'm not lying. A, a little old lady clotheslined me. She walked right at me, and I said, she's old. She's probably going to move out the way. She's walking in the wrong direction. So I kept going, and I said, she's obviously going to move because she's in the wrong direction. I wasn't looking for a fight for an old lady. There's no way. I know that those that are wise don't mess with them, and and she came, and she didn't move. She put her shoulder right on me and boomed me. And I was like, wow. And I stared at her as she, as she went, and I said, I can't believe that lady just checked me. And she checked me well, and she was still strong, that old lady. It's a busy, it's a hectic time of the year. We always say that. But this time, this moment, listen to this. It's a great time to stop, to pause, take a moment, go for a walk, Wake up earlier, walk around your neighborhood, go to the backyard, take a little travel around a park, walk down the beach. Do what you need to do, but I need you to really focus on this. This is a great moment to reflect on your life, to examine yourself, to find what is written in this book that we just read in chapter 3. For some, we need to reflect. Time to be born. Some of us are just gave birth to a child. Some of us are about to give birth to a child. And it's a time to be born. But as they're experiencing a time to be born, there might be right next to you, another family like our family, might be experiencing a time for death. Somewhere close to our family. So for every single journey and every single person, we need to reflect. Maybe you're in a season of weeping. Maybe you're in a season of laughter, mourning or dancing. Maybe you are in a time of great gain and maybe you are in a time of loss. But whatever it is that this year has brought and whatever it is that we're about to enter soon in 24, may we never be taken back by time. May we never lose the understanding of what this moment right here is reminding us and teaching us. You should stop before the year ends and examine your heart, examine your family, examine your life, examine what you're rooted in, examine your relationships, examine your household, and say questions 
Like, am I ready for this next year and for next seasons of my life? Anyone with me? Let it remind you of this beautiful thing. We say that during this time, this holiday, it's about Merry Christmas. And we may ask, well, what is Merry Christmas? Every year we try to preach this from different avenues, but what is Merry Christmas? Well, I want you to meet Christmas today. And we should know that Christmas, Merry Christmas, we know this already. It's not December 25th. It's not in the month of December. We've learned here at our nest that Christmas is about a faith. It's about a knowledge. It's about an encounter that has transformed my life, our life forever. And that's what Christmas is. And we want to meet Christmas. Christmas is not about that event long ago. I love it, though. I love driving down the houses and seeing people in our neighborhood. People are making their own mangers now. Have you seen this? They're not buying them now. They're constructing them. And they're constructing mangers. And they're putting Jesus in the manger and Mary and Joseph and, and sheep and the camels. And, and, and they're making them under, with their own hands. It's really creative. But we know that it's not just about that. It's about what is occurring every day in our lives. Every day. I would say until the days of John the Baptist, only for the exception of when Jesus was born and all that, where we focus on Christmas, we don't see much of Christus, Christmas be known or experienced. It was spoken, yes, to Mary and Joseph as a young couple. Let's meet Christmas for a moment. Let's talk about Christmas for a moment. It became present on that day in Bethlehem in a manger. For those that have gone to Israel and have gone to Bethlehem, you've seen the area most likely of where Jesus maybe may have been. In the cave, in there with the shepherd's field, maybe around there was where Jesus was laid in, in Bethlehem and, and, and we've seen some of these sights and we know these stories of the angel coming and we know Jesus coming born of a virgin. We see all these things. We see Jesus born in Matthew chapter 1. Let's Come on, let's meet Christmas, verse 23. In chapter 1, verse 23, it is a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. And you may say, well, where does Isaiah speak about that? Isaiah speaks about Matthew chapter 1 in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Isaiah 7 14 and Matthew 1 23 are speaking about the same encounter, are speaking about the same thing. And here it is, don't miss it. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. They're speaking the same thing. Isaiah speaks of it way before it ever happens in Matthew 1. And here it is. We have it. We're introduced to Christmas. Listen to this. To Christmas, not itself, but we are introduced to Christmas himself. On that day in Bethlehem, it was Merry Christmas. Matthew 1, Isaiah 7 tells us it was Emmanuel. It was God with us. Merry Christmas in its full meaning, in its full meaning is what that hymn 
has come to us. Our salvation, the redemption story, our reconciliation. Now we are back in relationship and right standing with God the Father. Merry Christmas. I want you to meet this Christmas. is a humbling reminder that it's about what we, you, me, us, what we could never do and never gain. We could never gain it. We could never get there. And we could never do it for ourselves. So what do we do? We come to the feet with the understanding of all that he has done and all that he continues to offer. I want to make sure I drive this home today as I get ready to share some scripture with you because for many, listen to this, for many people, for many families, they live their lives trying to do all they can. They do all they can to get to heaven. And people say things like, I am a good person. I'm a good person. You know, my family, we're still intact. I, ha I know I'm going to go to heaven. And Christmas is a great reminder to all of us, to every family, that as much as we try, we can't attain and we can't gain it. Not with us but that we could come and live our very lives today with the understanding that the, we have attained a kingdom, we have attained heaven in our lives, but it's not because of anything of ourselves, but it's because of Him. It's because of Jesus Christ, which is where we pause, and it's what we speak about, and it's the true definition and picture of what Christmas is. Jesus coming to us so that we could get to him. How many of you could say amen? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is, is written so many times in the scriptures. Uh, specifically or consistently, it's written about so much in the New Testament. And it's referring to something great, something very important. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Jesus speaks about parables and he says the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of God is like. And we read in Matthew and we're introduced to a beautiful ministry and a beautiful person. The ministry of John the Baptist. And as he's preaching in the wilderness, he's preparing a path. He's preparing a road. He's making straight the path that Jesus is going to come and fill and take over. And the base of his ministry, the foundation of John the Baptist's ministry and preaching is this. And I'm going to read this to you. It's Matthew chapter 3. Look at these words, verse 1 and 2. Here's John the Baptist, and it says, In those days, John the Baptist, and look what he does. He comes preaching. Preaching in the wilderness of Judea. What was he preaching? What was he saying? Here it is, verse 2. And he was saying, repent. And there's the phrase, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ever heard this before? Here's John the Baptist. And he's, and he's telling people, repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You say, well, well, it must end right there. It doesn't end with John the Baptist. Jesus comes and 
Jesus picks up the ministry and the preaching where John leaves it for him. John gets beheaded, if you don't know the whole story. And John has to decrease. And now Jesus' ministry increases. And Jesus now steps into the forefront, into the ministry that God has called him as the Messiah. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 12, 13, and I'll skip to 17. Let's read this and look what Jesus is doing. Verse 12. Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departs to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and he dwelt. Look what it says. In Capernaum, which is by the sea. We're going to skip a lot that goes on because I want you just to watch what he's preaching. Verse 17. From that time... Jesus began to preach. And look what Jesus began to say. He says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Who said that? Jesus. Right here. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Who says that? Jesus. Watch Matthew chapter 3. Go back to verse 2 again. Matthew 3, verse 2. John the Baptist Begins to speak in the wilderness. And he begins to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Who's saying that? John the Baptist. Jesus and John the Baptist carry the same message. Both of them are key figures in the New Testament. Obviously, Jesus, the key figure of the whole word. Both of them key figures in the Gospels. Both of them key figures in Old Testament prophecies. John the Baptist and Jesus the Lord. Obviously, both of them are key figures to Israel. And it doesn't stop at Israel. Both of them key figures to all humanity. And now both of them are on earth. One of them is starting the journey, paving the way. The Messiah is about to come. And as he's preaching that the Messiah is coming, he starts off preaching this message and his whole ministry is based off this message. And I need you to catch this. Write this in your notes. The message of John the Baptist was very simple, straight to the point. Here it is. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's calling man to repentance. And the crowd is there and they say, repent for what? And he's like, Jesus is coming. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It's referring to God's heavenly kingdom and it's coming to earth. And John the Baptist is saying it's coming in the person of Jesus Christ. Christmas is coming. You're going to meet Christmas. Repent and meet Christmas is what he's telling the crowd. But it starts with that one command. It starts with this one urge, and it's this, repent. It starts with repentance. Hey, remember my drive on Monday morning? <laughs> the preacher begins to open up his message. Today, I'm going to share a message on Christmas. And the preacher says, you can't speak on Christmas without recognizing that all of Christmas is about sin. And I was drawn back in my car, and I said, man, that's a strong comment. And here's John the Baptist, and he says, Christmas is coming. And all that man needs to do is repent. Well, what are we repenting from, ladies and gentlemen? From sin. Christmas is about God coming to earth to take our sin. It really was about our sin. 
The word repent, it means to change, right? To change your attitude, to change your outlook, to turn from your sin. One commentator puts it this way. Repent is this. It is the basic idea. The basic idea. It's a reversal of thinking which, change it, which changes one's life. Where the Lord wants to completely reverse the way you think and live. And all I could say is amen to, to turn from one way of thinking or living to a whole different way. And we could easily say that without true repentance, the kingdom of heaven can never be received. So what am I telling you today? I'm telling you to meet Christmas. And I'm telling you that as we meet Christmas, one of the greatest gifts that he gives us is the ability to repent of our sins. When? For the rest of our lives to live a repented life. What a gift God has given me that I've recognized his sacrifice and his death that my life could be a life of true repentance unto him. Have you ever thought about that? Was it just about the gifts? Was it just about the holidays? Was it just about the carols? Was it just about the colors, the lights, the trees? Or have you stopped and said, thank you, Lord, for you giving me this great gift of forgiveness, grace, the ability to be able to repent and receive heaven in my heart. Church, all I could tell you is meet Christmas for what it really is. Peter in Acts chapter 3, is preaching to the religious leaders in the temple and he confronts their sin. And Peter tells them in their sin, in chapter 3, verse 19, don't miss these words. John the Baptist said it. Jesus comes to earth to say it. Jesus now ascends to heaven and leaves his apostles to say the same words. And here's Peter in chapter 3, 19. And look what Peter says. He echoes John the Baptist. He echoes the words of Jesus. And here it is. He says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. But I love verse 20. Because here's the hope for everyone during this Christmas time. How many of you have like a Christmas thingaling at your house or at someone's house in your family? You know, a thingaling. You guys eat, you guys give presents, you guys fellowship together and hang out. Anyone here hanging out with their family during Christmas? All right, good. A couple of you. We're going to start a Christmas ministry here. So you can go to someone's house. How many of you are going to get together with family that truly have never met Christmas? They just haven't met Christmas. I mean, they've met Santa. They've met the elves on the shelf. They've met the gifts under the tree. They've met the lights outside the house. They met the songs. Oh, come let us adore him. They know it. They've met those things. But how many of us are going to get with people this year but they've never truly met him. They've never really met Christmas in their lives. Anyone? We have the beautiful opportunity 
to stand and live before our families and teach them and show them, turn to God. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And you could say, well, you know, we're about to enter Christmas. This is a very heavy message. It's not. Look at verse 20. Here's the candy on top of the cake for you. Ready? So that times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. How many of us can rejoice in this right here, in the refreshment that comes in the person of Jesus Christ? He is refreshment for your dry and thirsty heart. He is refreshment for your dry lips and your dry soul. And then we're going to get with friends and we're going to get with family and we have this refreshment of life that the Bible says we're not just filled with it, but it's like rivers, it's bubbling springs of abundance that could pour out and be refreshment to those who need refreshment during this season. Hey, your thingalings that you have going on during Christmas? What a beautiful, I shouldn't say thingalings, I just caught it. You know what I mean. Your get-togethers that you have for Christmas during this time? What a beautiful reminder to pour out. Ready? Hey, hey can I serve you some refreshment? They're going to be like, yeah, serve me. And they're going to think you're going to hand them maybe a cold beer or a nice glass of wine. But you give them the greatest refreshment that any man could ever have. And we have the opportunity to give them Jesus. If you're in my house this year, you're going to meet Christmas. You're going to meet Christmas. How many of you can go with that charge and saying, I'm going to take advantage of this, of this season. Jesus would be given refreshment, would be given heaven, would be given. But all he's calling humanity to do is to live out, act out your repentance. John said it. Jesus said it. Peter said it. Let's go to another apostle named Paul. Paul puts it in Romans chapter 10, verses 9, verse 9 through 11. Paul says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord and believe your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Paul is basically saying, repent, confess, know Jesus and know life. These men, these apostles who go on to write some of the greatest words written by man, words that give us instruction, our teachings, doctrine that the church is established on. You've heard us say that here. And it's the message that others before them preached. Messages that John the Baptist established his ministry on. It's the same message that Jesus Christ, our Messiah himself, he would preach. And I tell you that it's this, that this is Christmas. Merry Christmas is about heaven coming to earth in the person of Christ Jesus, calling all men, women, child, everyone to repent so that heaven could get 
into them. John the Baptist says that when he sees Jesus for the first time, in chapter 1, verse 29, how many times have we read this here? The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and as he sees Jesus, as he's baptizing people in the wilderness, he looks at him, points at him, and what does he say? It's on the screen. We know it by heart. He says, behold. And he calls him out for who he is. He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's Christmas. Meet Christmas. He takes away your sin. Church, beloved, he's saying Merry Christmas. Heaven has arrived on earth. I know that if you're in here, hopefully heaven has arrived in your heart. But if it's one person that's here and heaven has not arrived in your heart, in the person of Jesus Christ. Today is your day to say, I'm going to repent. I'm going to meet Christmas. And I want my life to be a life of refreshment and repentance from this day forward in Christ Jesus. Many people try during this time to say happy holidays. It happened to me yet again. I was buying something. The lady looks at me and says, have a happy, ho- have a happy holidays. And I said, and Merry Christmas. We could say all the things we want to say and what we want to call this. But what's worse than all of this is that many can say and will say Merry Christmas and they will celebrate Christmas and all the gifts and all the songs and they will receive all the gifts. But I bolded this in my notes. Listen to these words because when I wrote them down, I thought they had great importance. Here it is. They will do all these things under the name of Christmas without knowing Christmas in its truest form. It's only Mary when it comes from a place of continual repentant heart which allows us to experience the Mary of Christmas not just in a season of the year but in every season of the year. And that's what Christmas is about. So as we started in the beginning, to everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. Ecclesiastes 3 says, there's a time for every purpose under heaven. There is a season for everything, but there is one that remains with us in every season that life might bring us. And it's Merry Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. I said earlier that Christmas It's a continual event that continues, that occurs on and on in each one of our lives. So here's my encouragement to you. And if you want to meditate in your heart, you can. But I want to speak to those deep places in your life today. Because maybe there's someone here that feels down, that feels deflated, that feels conquered. Well, I give good news today and I say, this is the reason for Christmas to get picked up. To ascend from the place of defeat, to ascend from the place of hopelessness. Your ascension is here. It has arrived. It has been initiated by first off by his descent on earth. When John the Baptist said the words, it is a revelation to be received by everyone who hears them. And John the Baptist says these words, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And when John the Baptist says those words, he's inviting the world to come and meet Christmas, to come and meet Jesus. 
I want you right there where you're at if you could close your eyes. And I want you to think about this season, this moment, this month, these weeks, these days that we are in. And I want you to think about everything that you've done, where you're at in these last couple of days, and what you're about to enter into in the next few days to next few weeks. You're going to see family and you're going to see friends and you're going to speak to neighbors and you're going to go to different outings and events. And we're going to say Merry Christmas and we're going to see Christmas movies and we're going to sing Christmas carols. But we come to this beautiful moment. We come to this beautiful place where we could say to ourselves, where am I? Where do I stand? Let me examine this last year. What have I done with it? Do I need to come before the feet of him? Christmas, I come to meet you. And I know your name is Jesus. I think about the shepherds that were out in the field. And when they're out in the field, the angels are seen and they begin to sing Hosanna, glory in the highest. What a sight, church, that must have been. I want you just to picture that. We went to Israel the last time in 2018 and some of us stood right above the cliff where the angel's field was. Imagine standing in a large field and seeing the angels right before you. And they begin to sing Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Those shepherds recognize, oh no, the time has come. The Messiah is here. Heaven has arrived. Christmas is here. And they take off and they go to meet the precious gift, our Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord there as a baby. I think about the wise men, the kings. We, we go on and we talk about the three kings, but scholars believe it could have been a larger group with an entourage of people. Jesus is maybe around two years old around this time. And they say we go to seek the new king, the next king of Israel who has been born. Herod finds out about it. What a threat this Christmas is to the sinful world, church. It's always been a threat because what does Herod do when he finds out about Christmas arriving? He says, let us know when you find him. And when they leave his palace, he sends an order Go all across the land and find any male child that is two years old and younger and murder them 
because Christmas was a threat to his sinful heart. When the kings find him, they come before his young feet, his small feet that has created their very own hands and the gifts that they were to give to him. And they lay at the feet of our Messiah. They lay at the feet of our Christmas, of our King, of our Lord. They lay down gifts like frankincense, like myrrh, gold. They lay all these gifts at his feet. Christmas, Christmas is here. What, what, I guess what I'm saying as you're examining your heart there in the quietness of this time is I want you to examine your heart. And will you, like the shepherd, hear the songs of the angels? Will you hear the announcements of the kings that have said that Christ has come for us? And just like them, will you go on a search Will you seek him during this season where he may be found? Will you right now where you're at, even if you're saved, but maybe it's been a long time, will you come to the feet of Jesus? Will you fall in love again and weep again? Will you be restored again, anchored again? Will you be filled with faith again? Can you come to the feet of of Christmas himself and surrender your life. Repent again and say, Lord, I repent so that times of refreshment may come. Lord, let me be a light during this season. I got cousins and aunties and uncles and grandparents and friends and family that I'm going to be seeing. Oh, Lord, let me pour out some refreshment for them. Let me give them Jesus this year. Come on, church. I ask you to pray those prayers in your heart. I close off closely as I started with the prophet Isaiah. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And John... The Baptist, when he says this, he is saying things that the prophets of old have always said, and he knows the scripture. And in Isaiah chapter 35, if you could listen to these words as you examine those deep places of your heart, listen to these words. Isaiah 35 verse 4. He says, Say to those who are fearful hearted, Be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb will sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. 
in the habitation of jackals where each lay. There shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. Come on, church, listen to these words. But it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, <laughs> although a fool, thank you, Lord, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there. Church, I hope this strikes your heart right now. But the redeemed, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And we shall come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sign shall flee away. Oh, Lord, I, Lord, we long for this day. And it's here for us because Christmas has arrived. We could walk in this land. We could experience such life and such joy. We want Zion in our hearts because Christmas has arrived. We want to know Christmas in its truest form. That it would be merry because it comes from a place of continual repentance which allows us to experience Mary, the Mary of Christmas, the joy of Christmas, the merry heart of Christmas, not just for a season of this year, but Lord, moving forward, even as we get into Ecclesiastes next month, but for every season, even of next year. Merry Christmas, church. Your Savior is here. Heaven is here. Repentance is here. Salvation is here. So that times of refreshment can come. Lord, you know every heart that's in this place. I pray that you would pour out the waters of heaven. We're going to sing a song over you today. And we're going to close up. But right there where you're at, can you open up your heart? Can you open up your mind? Can you come to the place where you're face to face with Christmas? And can you get things right in your heart? Can you get things right in your soul? So that you could be used and so that you could do well this season to bring others to the waters of refreshment. Come on, come before your Christmas. Come and meet him today.
and ask him to fill your heart. Lord, fill me with gladness. Fill me with joy. Fill me with your goodness. Lord, I repent of every sin. The ones that are known and even the ones that I've committed that I do not know. Forgive me, Lord. Wash away, wash away every sin and every lustful and every selfish and prideful and every polluted aspect of my heart. Polluted chamber of my heart. Wash us clean. Wash us clean. Make us whole. Give us time of refreshment. Come on, open up your heart right there. If you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you want to come up to the front and say, I, I just need prayer, the front's open. Come and receive prayer. We'll pray for you. We'll get alongside you and pray over you and pray that the Lord will fill you with, with refreshment. If you need to come up here and just ask for forgiveness, we're here to pray with you. But right there where you're at, just have church. Ask Jesus to fill you. Hallelujah.